Management and Money with your host, Ryan Murray. And this is Ethan Migliori. So I've been thinking a lot about what, uh, what I'd like to uh, you know, talk on the show today. And uh, I keep thinking about the political divisiveness that's going on. And, and I don't want to get political. This isn't going to be a political episode by any means. I want to talk about how to manage the difference of opinions in your organization. Because what is happening is you've got a lot of things going on, uh, sparked primarily by COVID, but there's other things that, you know, that can really drive, you know, divisive opinions in the workplace. But when you have people who have very strong opinions, and especially when they go on both sides of the spectrum, you as a manager have an obligation to to manage that. And it, it can become very difficult because you, know, you feel like whatever you do, people are going to get upset at you, which sometimes is the case. Um, but, but I kind of want to explore that, talk about some ways to balance that, uh, you know, ways to use effective management tools to, you know, get around some of the, uh, you know, the bias that, that tends to creep in. Uh, and so that, that's what we're going to be talking about today in the, uh, you know, in the show. And let's have our listeners, we want to make sure that you understand the bigger picture of this because everyone naturally defaults to COVID and, and that issue. But it comes down to a lot of times in an organization, something much more simpler, like what if an employee has a service animal? Yeah. Okay. That's a, that can be very political. So we want you to think bigger picture. And as we go through this one, we'll try to bring in these examples. So as you're thinking about this one, that maybe we can give you some tips and tools on how to navigate these situations as they come up in your organization. So I'm going to start with kind of a simple, uh, you know, simple example that really illustrates what you're talking about, that these things don't have to be global pandemics to, you know, start to creep into your workspace. I was working with a business and they had um, they had just one of those water coolers, you know, the five gallon <laughs> uh, jugs that that you you throw in, and then people get their water from it. And and they had um, you know th- this business had a couple floors. And they you know they had the water cooler on the bottom, and then they had um, upstairs. And you know there was no water cooler upstairs. And <clears throat> I remember that they uh, they ended up hiring this new employee, and this new employee wanted to bring in a, uh, a coffee maker and she charged her coffee maker and all the supplies to the company, put it on, you know, the company credit card that she had and, you know, just went about doing her business. And the, uh, um, the, uh, the, uh, the account manager who, you know, balanced the credit card was complaining to me and saying, you know, because we're like reviewing their financials and, you know, helping they're like, yeah, you know, just all these abuses, like stupid little things, like why am I paying for someone's coffee maker? You know, they should be, you know, and then I got to pay for their coffee and all that stuff. And, and I asked, I'm like, well, who pays for this water cooler that's, you know, that that's here in, you know, on, on the main floor? Like, well, that's a company expense. I'm like, well, why is that a company expense? But the coffee maker isn't a company expense. And I was like, well, coffee's personal. <laughs> coffee's personal. Like, no, no, it's not. You know, I'm like, lots of people drink coffee. Lots of people drink water, you know? And, and so it's simple things like that, where this, this office manager didn't quite recognize that they were, you know, picking and choosing what they thought was a company expense and not going off of just kind of a basic standard. And, and, that, and that's really what 
this episode is going to boil down to is like, what are the standards that need to be put in place? You know, when is it too strict of a standard? When is it too loose of a standard? And, you know, and, and, and different, different examples like that. You know, it's, I think as organizations and as leaders, we fail way too often to look at the issue by the facts and um, you know, in an episode we're going to, you know, we'll have when we talk about negotiations and emotions of a negotiation, but mm-hmm. I, you can't quite stray away from this one without saying those emotions, just like in that other episode we'll have that you, uh, is an excellent one. You, you can't, you can't separate them a lot of times from these situations mm-hmm. and, and understanding that factor in it. But hopefully as we go through and we talk about um, uh, good ways to manage it, good ways to understand it. Uh, good ways to have good policies in place. Mm-hmm. Uh, those organizations, then uh, the policy becomes the driver for the decisions versus an individual who just may or may not have a pet peeve with someone. Yeah. And now you and I were talking just before we uh, started doing the uh, the episode here, you and I were talking a little bit about uh, the institution of governments and how governments exist in every situation whether they're formal or not and that was kind of the interesting thing yes is to say that you know we think about formal governments that have you know elected leaders or appointed leaders or whatever the case may be and they have laws and you know and and different things that that go into you know like constitutions and and things that go into formal governments but we ignore all of the informal governments that naturally happen and so in your business and, you know, wh- whatever you do, if you're, you know, if you've got a lot of, you know, office employees or programmers or, you know, maybe you've got, uh, you know, workers that are going on site and doing, you know, on site jobs, there's always a government that exists. Now, are you managing your government, your internal business government, or is it just naturally occurring? And, and, and so I want, I, want, I want to think about a few things here for a second. In government, we, we have judges, you know, people who kind of have the authority. They, they decide what's right and what's wrong. We have enforcers, you know, like uh, informal governments, that's usually the police. But in informal governments, think about your company. You know, who is the one who's enforcing? And it might be that they're enforcing actual policies and procedures or maybe they're enforcing their own interpretation of, you know, what, what the quote-unquote laws are. And then there are those who make the laws in the organizations. And it might be a formal process. It might be a management team who sits down and decides what the, you know, what the policy should be. Or a lot of times it happens just at this subconscious, you know, kind of level that you're not even aware of. And pretty soon there, there are laws, you know. I mean, you show up to a parking lot. <laughs> where are you allowed to park at that business? You know, and, and you're not going to go and see that there's, you know, some policy and procedure that says, yeah, Jerry gets to park here, but everyone knows that that's Jerry's spot. That's right. And, and, and if you, if you park in Jerry's spot and he shows up and his spot is not available, then he's going to go to whoever the enforcers are, whether it's him or whether he goes to someone else, and then you're now going to have to pay the consequence for parking in Jerry's spot. I mean, this is a hypothetical, but come on, we've all <laughs> been there. 
Yeah. <clears throat> it's, and that's such a fascinating concept when you, when you understand the, the nuances of those internal governments, mm-hmm. you know, and we don't call them that, but I, I love that terminology um, that has been brought to the table to help us understand it because it, it helps you see it for what it really is. And then it helps you to break it down so that we manage it in a responsible way. Cause that's the whole goal of governments and organizations is to have some order so that we are more productive. Mm-hmm. Correct. Right. Yeah. We're organized, productive, you know, so, so collaborative. And in theory, even more efficient, even though that word doesn't go with government. <laughs> <laughs> but in, in, a, in a business, that's one word that we can use in there is efficient. So, so this order is, that's what we're trying to do. But it's always, there is always going to be something that is going to challenge the order. Mm-hmm. Okay. Whether, whether it's a pandemic and people's views on uh, mask, no mask or a vaccination. Okay. Mm-hmm. Whether it's uh, like I mentioned earlier, a service animal. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because someone um, finds some comfort in that and allows them to be more productive and efficient. And yet someone doesn't quite understand it. So it's, you start challenging those norms. Um, and the scenarios go on and on from daycare to no daycare. Okay? Yeah. Uh, benefits to no benefits. Yeah. I was thinking of time off. You know, yeah. what, what counts as time off? When are you allowed to take it? Some people are super strict and, you know, you have to almost kick them out the door and say, take a vacation. And other people, you know, you feel like they're constantly abusing it and it's just... You know, the, the, all of these little things that, that start to add up, they start to develop, and, you know, ultimately, it, it's creating your culture. And, and let's make sure we recognize that there's also internal and external influences. So a pandemic is an external one, mm-hmm. okay? Something uh, as in a service animal is more of an internal one, mm-hmm. okay? Time off is an internal one. Yeah. So we want to make sure that when we are thinking and moving through this discussion that we isolate that out because how we handle each one probably will be need to be dealt with differently because if uh, a federal government mandates something uh, as an organization, we may not have much of a choice in how we deal with sure. it. Sure, yeah. Uh, but internally... Uh, we do have options and what we can do that, that can make either a good result or a bad result. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I want to talk about, you know, uh, it's been a hot topic in the news, you know, with what can, you know, what can the federal government mandate? What can OSHA mandate? Uh, you know, I mean, that's, that's really been, it went all the way to the Supreme court and, you know, it's really been kind of a, a hot topic. And I, I, I don't want to get on the political side of it. You know, I mean, whatever your views are, whether that was right or wrong, that, you know, that's fine. But I, I want to talk about the, the management and I want to give some specifics here. So when you're managing a company, when you're managing an organization and there starts to be this heavy external force that, that starts to push and put pressure on your company. I've seen companies that they want to be, you know, they want to jump on board first and they want to say, okay, you know, like we're, we're going to do it ahead of the mandate. And, you know, and so they'll, they'll put kind of an internal mandate preemptively uh, in their organization. I've seen others 
that they'll hold out as long as they can, uh, even to, you know, getting fines and, you know, different things because there's like, I think this is wrong. And, you know, and, and so the point that I really want to bring up here is as a company, when heavy external forces start to, you know, start, start to pop up, you really should have a strong mission, vision, values of your company and of your organization. Like you need to know what you stand for. What does your company stand for? What does your company believe in? You need to know that before the discussion starts to happen. And so uh, for me, step one is, you know, what's that mission statement? What's, you know, what's the company vision? What are the things that you value? And when I see people do mission statements that are just fluff, you know, like we will be the best in the world because our team is super committed. And, you know, I'm like, no one cares. Or when it's like this really long credo that no one, you know, I mean, I love going into organizations. If I ever have a chance to, you know, work with a company, I love going in and I'll just be like, okay, tell me your mission statement. Oh, hang on. Let me pull it up. No, 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 no. Tell me your mission statement. Well, I don't know what it is. Then it's not doing you any good. You know, and so as a company, this is a great time to think, hey, do we know what we stand for? Do we know why we're in business? Yeah, every company has to make money, but that's not why you're in business. You know, what, what are you trying to change or improve in the world? How do you serve your customers? You know, what are your goals? What, what does the ideal company look like in your mind? And if, as an owner, if you're so caught up in the thick of thin, if you're so in the day-to-day that you've lost sight of the big picture, now's a really good time to step back and just think, why am I in business? You know, I mean, I might, I might have a simple, you know, like e-commerce site, and is it really that the only reason you're in business is to make money? Or do you want to provide, you know, great products at, you know, at, at, at an amazing price because you really want people to have access to good stuff? You know, I, like, what is it that you care about as a, a business? And, and, and to me, that's step one. And I'm always going to argue it's not for someone else to determine what you find is value in a business. Mm. Okay. That a lot of times when we're out there, uh, some other organization does something. And so we feel like we got to follow suit, but guess what? As an organization, if you value your customer more than your employee, uh, great, that, that's fine mm-hmm. because that's, what's going to drive the decisions that you make. You know, it, a business like that will have high turnover in their employees, but that model might work for them. Okay. But on the other hand, if your values are driven in around that, you know, if our employees feel valued, then we, that will pass on to the customer type theory. Mm-hmm. Then the decisions when they come up will be based on how do we best protect the interest of our employees to strengthen them so that they feel appreciated. Um, so I really like the fact that you're bringing up that mission and the values because they will, they will drive so many decisions for your business. And a lot of times they'll take away the political environment that people will try to bring into it because, um, generally they bring it in because there isn't clarity mm-hmm. and they're trying to reestablish that and they're trying to uh, put in their norms, their social norms versus what you feel is the best for your organization. Yeah. And, and I think that you really, you really brought that together and I appreciate that because 
as a company, if you find that every time some external factor starts to, you know, influence business decisions and you find that it is this lengthy discussion that, you know, there's a lot of arguing back and forth, you don't have you don't have a standard. You don't have a company standard to fall back on. Uh, you know, I, I, I was working with a business that, uh, you know, in this COVID crisis, they, uh, you know, they, they sat down right at the very beginning. They came up with their standards and their policies. They put it out to all of the, you know, all the employees, and they just said, look, this is what we believe in. This is how we will respond as a company. This is what we're going to do. This is how we align with our values. And the thing that's fascinating is, you know, fast forward, what, 18 months? I mean, maybe two years. I don't know how long. Yeah, we're coming up on two years that that this pandemic's been going on. You know, so fast forward two years. They haven't had to deviate from their original uh, stance. And during that, you know, during that period of time, there's been controversy over masks. There's been controversy over vaccinations. There's been controversy over time off and, you know, work from home. I mean, there's been all these big decisions. And they did such a good job of putting clarity on the front end that there's like, okay, this this is our position, you know. And, 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 and it just took... It took the political out of it, you know. It didn't matter what people's political views were. They knew what the company's values were, and then they could choose whether they wanted to align with those values or not. Yeah, great, great point. And I, I mean, I've seen, uh, you, well, we've seen everything across the board on every issue you can imagine. When, when you work with businesses, there's <laughs> nothing that surprises me anymore. Um, so it, it is nice when a company has... Uh, those missions and values very clearly ingrained in the upper management and hopefully through the middle management, even if it's one person to five people to 20, um, <clears throat> because then as they move forward and they make decisions, they know where they stand. And yeah, I'm, I'm right with you. You know, I watched one organization that one of their values was focused around employees and I still kind of shake my head a little bit and you'll, and you'll understand why when I sh- share the, the next little piece is that because of the value, this is, there's, you know, when everything turns down with COVID, we're not letting anybody go, which for me was like, wow, that's high risk. Yeah. That is really high risk to cover that overhead and things like that. But their belief was that uh, they'll weather this, they have a great product, things will be back to norm. Um, their clients will support them, which all of that was true. They didn't lay off any employees, but when it went down, guess what they did? They didn't have a production line, but they moved people from there to go and say, hey, look, guess what? Today, we're going to go clean up around our building. Mm -hmm. You're still employed, and guess what? You don't even take a pay cut to do some of this stuff. Um, I was amazed, and this is where I kind of shook my head, that some of the employees were complaining. (laughs) I'm like, you could have been laid off and had no money, no income, no nothing. Uh But the company, I think, because of their, like you said, and this one, going into it, they clearly knew what they were. They portrayed them out the whole time. And those employees that saw it, recognized it, were very grateful and appreciative. And now they're stronger than ever. Mm-hmm. Their sales last year were the highest they've been. Yeah. Because yeah. of all those values where they went in with the clarity on the front side. So excellent, excellent advice from you on making sure that um, the sooner you can establish those as an organization, um, when these storms come up, whether they're internal, external, you'll weather them 
much, much better than when you don't have those values and you have to try to, you know, try to determine what they are in the middle of a storm. You know, there's nothing worse than being on a boat and having mutiny in the middle of a storm and trying to decide who's going to be the captain while you're sinking. Yeah. Yeah. And so we've talked kind of about these external factors. I, I want to, I want to shift now to the internal because honestly, external is sensational. You know, you have a big pandemic, you have, you know, I, I, I've seen some of these extreme weather, you know, whether they have like flooding or fires mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, you know, people band together and they want to help each other. And I'm like, yeah, they're sensational. And so we naturally want to, you know, be supportive and help each other and, and, and really make, you know, good choices. But the internal can almost be like, uh, you know, like a cancer, that it's the slow killer that mm. as, as you allow it in and, and, and these, these internal governments, they're there whether you've instituted them or not. So the first thing I'm going to say is take inventory and determine whether you as the owner, have you been able to control your internal government or did it create itself? And if it created itself, you better make sure that it's aligned with you know, what you want to see happen, you know, in your company. I see a lot of owners, they just feel like they lose control, especially if you hire, you know, a really dynamic person on your management team and you're like, oh, this person's great. They're going to get things done. And all of a sudden they start coming and changing culture and shifting things around. You know, you've got to know, okay, is this good change or is this bad change? Well, based on what? It should be based on you and, you know, the standards you put in place. I had kind of a, a, a funny example that really, to me, you know, brings to light, um, you know, internal, uh, you know, kind of in- internal governments. So I was brought in to, uh, to work with this company. They, uh, they asked me to uh, help them determine they had this opportunity to sell to a, um, you know, sell to a new customer. And this was a B2B transaction. And so it was a pretty big deal. And one of the, one of the people on the management was a very strong Christian and felt like this customer did not follow Christian standards. And so he was putting his foot down and he's like, nope, I don't think we should do it. You know, I don't think it, you know, I don't think it meets our standards as a company. And so I asked him, I'm like, well, is this the company standards or are these your personal standards? And what he was projecting as company standards were his personal standards. And he had, you know, he had a problem with the, uh, um, I, I think it was, uh, it was based on um, like their open uh, support of different organizations that he considered non-Christian. And that's where he had a problem. And I just asked him, I said, okay, what are some of your beliefs? And, you know, some of his beliefs is he's like, well, I don't believe on, you know, working on Sunday and I don't believe on, you know, uh, drinking alcohol. And I said, well, guess what? We sell, you know, your company sells to people who, do business on Sunday and, you know, do alcohol. So where are you going to draw the line? At what point are you going to say this is acceptable, this is not acceptable? And I'm like, so if you're going to if you're going to say that this company is bad, 
because they don't follow Christian beliefs, are you going to do the same thing for all of your customers? And, and it really got him to think about it and realize, okay, you know, and, and he realized that he was projecting. He's like, well, okay, they're not a bad company. I just don't agree with some of the things that they support, but that doesn't mean that I can't do business with them. I just personally won't support that. I'm like, that to me is the correct answer. You know, you can keep your personal values, but don't project things. And if you are, you know, be consistent, you know, have a standard in place with what you're going to do internally with your company. Well, and it, and it can be as simple as if you know what those values are <clears throat> and they're highly established inside your organization, then when you are in the hiring process, guess what's part of the hiring process? Your mission statement and your values. Mm-hmm. Okay. You avoid a lot of things when that's clear from day one. So if you don't have them, you've got to get that clarity I've today. I've seen so many people hire someone who's talented but does not Yeah, it doesn't align. align. And so if you know that, then you go into that in those interviews and that's a clear thing. We're looking for these to align so that our employee bases support our mission and our value statements. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because when they do that, um, we don't have to now redefine culture. We don't have to take them through a process to indoctrinate them. We don't have, they're already aligned. They can likely hit the ground running in many cases, especially if the skill sets along with it. So that, keep that in mind that uh, in your scenario, you know, I, I always think back to hire smart, but you got to have clarity on what you're hiring for. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and don't be afraid to let someone go if they don't align. You know? yeah. I, they might be capable of doing the job, but if you're constantly battling with them, they, you know, they think that everything you're doing is, is wrong or moving in the wrong direction, at some point you need to recognize they're probably not right for your team. Doesn't make them bad. Doesn't mean that they did a, you know, a horrible job, but you want to have people who are aligned with you. Now, so the last piece that I'd share, and this is going to be counter to what everything we've said. Good. Let's throw it all out. <laughs> is that there are times when our mission, well, companies and organizations, uh, economies, everything is always changing. So let me put that on the table. Things are always changing. So there are points in time when an employee may come to the table and they may not align with our mission or our values. At the very least, we have to respect and understand what they're saying and saying, wait a minute, is there culturally a shift that we need to make because of some other change that existed? Mm. Okay, so I don't want to. I don't want people to become so structured to forget that things change. COVID changed everything in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, if a company wasn't able to change, they don't exist anymore. Yeah, they've had to change some things about it. Uh, even from the standpoint, something as simple as working from home. Okay, remote work. If we didn't have the ability to do that as an organization, we probably lost employees and customers and other people because a lot of organizations were forced to go shorthanded or have people work from home to separate in some way. So keep that in mind as you think of this big picture as well. I don't want business owners to forget that principle of change. Mm -hmm. I don't care who or what your organization, people change, culture change, generations change. Right now we have a generation that is finally outnumbering the baby boomers. Mm-hmm. They're bringing a different perspective to the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Are we changing? So, yeah. so keep that in the back of your mind that we want strong, 
business owners to have strong mission statements, strong values, because it allows you to weather these political storms that come about internally and externally. But you need to be smart enough as an owner and upper management that when someone voices something, we weigh it for what it is to see if there's value that maybe this is this one of those times that we maybe need to change. They're going to be far and few between, but that needs to become a habit. So the good news about everything that you just said is that uh, there's no right answer in business and therefore we can keep doing a podcast and sharing all sorts of different perspectives. (laughs) (laughs) But with that... Job security uh, with that comment. (laughs) Honestly, uh, we hope that you guys got some things out of this and, uh, you know, take take a look at, at your organization and, you know, just... Just think about it. Think about how are you managing that political divide? You know, do you have a firm foundation, you know, that you can base your decisions on? And there are some simple steps that you can take. So, again, thanks so much for joining us, and we will catch you next time. Thanks, everyone. Take control of your business today. Go to learndesk.us and search marketing management and money for the small business insights you've always wanted. Be sure to stay tuned for new episodes on the first and third Wednesdays of every month and make sure to subscribe to be notified when we release bonus content such as interviews and short discussions.